I guess it's kind of about embracing that feeling of futility rather than trying to fight it. Welcome to The One You Feed. Throughout time, great thinkers have recognized the importance of the thoughts we have. Quotes like, garbage in, garbage out, or you are what you think, ring true. And yet, for many of us, our thoughts don't strengthen or empower us. We tend toward negativity, self-pity, jealousy, or fear. We see what we don't have instead of what we do. We think things that hold us back and dampen our spirit. But it's not just about thinking. Our actions matter. It takes conscious, consistent, and creative effort to make a life worth living. This podcast is about how other people keep themselves moving in the right direction, how they feed their good wolf. Being active is more important than ever, and that's why I am excited to introduce On, perhaps the best-kept secret in the running world. I love these shoes. I have been buying them for four years, and I don't buy anything else. They were founded in 2010 in Zurich, Switzerland, and it's the fastest-growing running brand globally. Their philosophy is that you should run how you were born to run. Instead of correcting your movement, on shoes react to your individual running motion. As I said, I love these shoes. I use them for trail running, for all uh, running on the streets, and just day-to-day wear. They are amazing. And on is offering our listeners an exclusive offer. Try the shoes or gear for up to 30 days commitment-free. Head to on-running.com slash feed and pick your favorite shoes and apparel items. Apply the code TRYONFEED at checkout to test your new products for 30 days. Love them, keep them. Not convinced? Send them back for a full refund. That's on-running.com slash feed and the promo code is TRYONFEED. Thanks for joining us. Our guest on this episode is Connor O'Brien, the singer and songwriter for the band Villagers. The band came to prominence in 2010 with the release of their debut album, Becoming a Jackal. Released to critical acclaim, the album was shortlisted for the 2010 Mercury Prize and the Choice Music Prize. The band's studio album, Awayland, was released in 2013. It won the Choice Music Prize that year and was also shortlisted for the 2013 Mercury Prize. Their 2015 record, Darling Arithmetic, became one of Eric's favorite records of last year. It also won an Ivers Award for the best album of the year. Here's the interview. Hi, Connor. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to get you on. Your record last year, Darling Arithmetic, was one of my two favorite records of the year. And the new one that you've released, which is a recording of live recordings that you made in the studio, is also really wonderful. So it's a real pleasure for me to have you. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm blushing. <laughs> Well, we'll start the show like we usually do. There's a parable in which there's a grandfather who's talking with his grandson. He says, in life, there are two wolves inside of us that are always at battle. One is a good wolf, which represents things like kindness and bravery and love. And then the other is a bad wolf, which represents things like greed and hatred and fear. And the grandson stops and he thinks about it for a second. And he looks up at his grandfather and he says, well, grandfather, which one wins? And the grandfather says, the one you feed. So I'd like to start off by asking you what that parable means to you in your life and in the work that you do. 
it's a weird one for me in terms of creativity because I think when you're when you're making music or art, um, you can be exploring things which might be construed as negative in your everyday life. But if you explore them in the most creative and the most open way possible in art, then you might be finding that uh, you might be discovering these these negative aspects within your music, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, you know. So, for instance, I have some old songs which, when I listen to them, to me they sound slightly like I was being a bit dishonest or trying to portray an image of myself uh, at the time. But for me, I, that doesn't mean that it's, uh, it doesn't negate the art. It doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. It just means that that's where my head was at at the time kind of thing. So I see kind of music and art as, as an exploration of all aspects of your life, and whether, whether you want to classify them as positive or negative or evil or good or any sort of other uh, dualistic kind of qualities, really. Yeah, I mean, we definitely talk about the fact that Art, at least for me, is one of the big ways to, you know, to use the analogy to feed my good wolf. That that consuming and engaging in and creating art is is one of the best things that I can do for myself. Yeah, totally. So let's talk about a couple songs off the Darling Arithmetic record. The first one, uh, you've described it as, um, at one point you said it was one of your favorite songs, and you said you wanted to write a meditation song, and that is The Soul Serene. did you mean by a meditation song? I think that was a slightly reactionary thing in terms of my songwriting. I think I'd, I was looking back at music that I'd made in the previous two years and realized that a lot of it was um, trying to fill as much as possible into four minutes of um, folk rock. <laughs> whatever. Um, so I guess this this was me just kind of like saying, why don't I try and express the experience of space and solitude and just uh, kind of that, that feeling of emptying your mind, um, having moments with yourself in which you can kind of feel your shape shifting to some degree. Because I've had many experiences like that, um, usually when I'm alone. Um, so it was just a, it was an effort really to kind of express that. Um, and I think I, I'm, I'm quite proud of it. I think I got somewhere with it. I think you did too. It's absolutely, I just love it. It's, it's one of my favorite songs off that record or any record. It's, there's, a, there's a sense of peace to it that is, um, 
difficult to get across in music without being schmaltzy, and I think you managed to do that. Oh, cool. Thank you. Do you, is meditation something that you are, that you practice or that you do, or is that just sort of more a, a term that you use for the song at that point? I got involved in this thing called the Alexander Technique when I, when I was losing my voice quite a lot on tour. Um, and basically the Alexander Technique is you give yourself at least 15 minutes every day and you lie down, uh, usually put like a book or something at your head so that your neck is really straight and you just stare at the ceiling. Um, and you don't really try to do anything. You just kind of become aware of the weight of your body. Um, and it, it, it was originally a technique used, used for actors um, when they started losing their voice after, you know, 20 shows in a row or whatever. But for me, it became something quite addictive, actually. It was something that I really, really looked forward to. I couldn't live without it every day. So it became more of a psychological calming thing. And I haven't really lost my voice since I started doing it, which is kind of interesting. Um, so I think it's more like a sort of a psycho-physical thing, really. So for me, that's kind of a meditation, yeah, I guess. An older song of yours, going back a couple records, uh, Nothing Arrived. And you, you talk about you waited for something, you know, and something died. You waited for nothing, and nothing arrived. I've heard you say that that became a pretty straightforward folk rock song about smiling into the void. I waited for something And something died So I waited for nothing And nothing arrived It's our dearest ally our closest friend It's our darkest blackout It's our final end My dear sweet nothing Let's start anew From here on in It's just Can you tell me a little bit more about that song? That's not pretentious at all, is it? Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, yeah, we've actually been playing that on this tour in a very different way, so it's, it's become something new for me again. But um, I guess it's kind of about embracing that kind of feeling of futility rather than trying to fight. I feel like a lot of music and a lot of stuff, that, especially stuff that gets on the radio um, and stuff that becomes very popular for God knows what reason <laughs> is music that kind of embraces the idea of of, of covering up the cracks and, and and you know trying to portray a, a sort of perfection or 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 an idea of perfection at least and and the music that usually makes me feel happy or uh, you know just connected in some way is is music which a lot of people would describe as depressing I think you know music which actually kind of um, talks about the things that you might feel when you're at your lowest or or the things that you're not usually meant to be able to say in your office job or on the train or on the bus or whatever, you know. And I guess this that nothing arrived was just kind of my way of kind of expressing the those dark moments that you can get, but realizing that they kind of bring us all together because, you know, 
that we're all susceptible to it, and, and that's kind of a beautiful. The world is changing faster and faster today, and there's so much uncertainty. And one of the skills that we need to deal with it is to be able to learn things quickly. And the best way I've found to do that is Blinkist. Blinkist is a unique and powerful app that works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. And basically what they do is give you the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from over 3,000 nonfiction bestsellers. They can Condense them down into blinks, which you can read or listen to in just 15 minutes. I've found it really helpful for me over the last few weeks to really get up to speed a lot more on racial issues in this country. They've got a ton of great books out there that you can look at, like The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi, White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo, and so many more. And now they've got a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash wolf to start your free seven-day trial and get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership and up to 65% off audiobooks that are yours to keep forever. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash wolf to get 25% off a premium membership and a seven-day free trial. Blinkist.com slash wolf. The people who drive industries, entertainment, and culture shape our world every day in bold and dramatic ways. But did you ever wonder how they got there? Behind the Talent features in-depth conversations with people who identify and develop talent, the people who find the people that shape our world. Guests include big league sports scouts, rock star talent agents, and CIA officers. Uncovering the skills and challenges that unite them all is the job of host David Mead, He's an expert speaker and educator, and he brings his own curiosity and insights to each interview to expand our understanding of what it means to be a recruiter in today's world of work. Brought to you by Indeed.com, Behind the Talent is a must-listen for anyone interested in the secrets behind identifying talent and unlocking potential in individuals and organizations. Subscribe to Behind the Talent now, wherever you get your podcasts. It's a great song, and I love the way you do it. Now, a lot of your songs tend to have, you know, the two we've talked about so far, tend to get into, um, I, I don't have a great word for it, but metaphysical or existential or bigger picture things. They're, they're talking about something that's happening here in the world, but they're also talking about being part of something bigger. The song So Naive being a great example of that, where you say you're part of something bigger. I believe that I'm part of something bigger So naive, but I guess I got it figured Through these little eyes I see the world Every woman and man Every boy and girl Every little part Aid of something bigger Something bigger When the one thing you live for Is the one 
about that sort of stuff? Are you spiritually inclined? Is it just kind of happen naturally? Um, well, I do, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's much more than anybody else, but I, I definitely spend a lot of my time kind of observing things and uh, usually taking notes in my phone or whatever, or my notebook, whatever I have with me. I mean, So Naive is kind of an interesting one because it's it sort of uh, proposes that idea and, and that feeling of, of, of being part of a bigger picture. Um, but it also kind of mocks it a little bit. Um, it sort of says, you know, I'm so naive, but I guess I've got it figured out. And it's kind of that realization of knowing that you, you know, I mean, it's, a, it's an oversaid thing, but it's like a realization of knowing that you actually know nothing at all. The line in there about, you know, the one thing that you need being something you lack was that a was that in reference to anything in particular or would you like to leave that up to our imagination for the listener i guess you know it's, it's always going to be different but i mean I, I suppose for me that was kind of linking to feelings of uh, being younger and not being able to kind of express myself or my sexuality or you know feeling like you couldn't come out yet when you're kind of a, a young teenager and, and that kind of feeling of growing up gay in a kind of homophobic society, which is what happened to me. Um, uh, and that kind of, for me, opened up a lot of creative doors because it just turned me into a, a voyeur. Um, and I kind of started seeing the world around me as a, a whole load of signs and signifiers and just this big theater, you know, this, this kind of strange uh, paradigm, which I wasn't part of. You, as far as your sexuality, were more overt on the Darling Arithmetic record than any in the past um, about your sexuality. Was that a conscious decision, and did you did you have fear around that? It wasn't necessarily conscious. It was more kind of like it's the only thing that was feeding my fire. You know, I couldn't write anything else, um, so I had to write it. Uh, I've always let the music kind of dictate where I wanted to go, um, and the previous albums were like dealing with uh, those feelings of um, anger and, and kind of an indignant energy, which which I felt, but it wasn't specifically pointing towards it, which I thought was an interesting project, but also was coming out of a certain amount of necessity because I was, wasn't was comfortable talking about it to strangers with microphones and cameras and stuff. And, and you know, because I'm quite a naturally introverted person anyway, so it was something that just I had to kind of go through in my art and my music um, so yeah I mean I guess it's just I don't really do anything um, with an overthinking mind I kind of just let the music take me where it's gonna go and, and I feel like I'm kind of on a on a journey really with, with that 
So I love Perfect Bars. I've talked about them before on here, how much I love them, how many of them I've eaten, which is an extraordinary number. But there's not just Perfect Bars. The company, Perfect Snacks, make a variety of products like protein bars, peanut butter cups, and kids' snack bars. And they're all made with freshly ground nut butter, organic honey, and 20 organic superfoods. You're sure to find something that you'll love. Of course, my favorite is the standard Perfect Bar dark chocolate chip peanut butter, although their peanut butter cups are amazing too, and you keep them in the fridge and so they're cold. If you're not already convinced, they're also non-GMO, project verified, they're gluten-free, they're soy-free, they're kosher, and they're low GI, and they are delicious. So right now, Perfect Snacks is offering 15% off your online order. Just go to perfectsnacks.com slash wolf. Shop their refrigerated snacks at perfectsnacks.com slash wolf today to get 15% off your order. We want you to be prepared for snack time. So go to perfectsnacks.com slash wolf to stock up and save 15%. Another song which kind of gets to the topic of being brave enough to write about who you really are is the song Courage. And there's a couple lines in there that I'd like to ask you about. Took a little time to get where I wanted It took a little time to get free It took a little time to be honest It took a little time to be mean I took a little lover but then it took a little time to get over this And from time to time I get heavy hearted Thinking of how we used to kiss Courage First one I'd really like to ask, I love this line, and I'm just curious what it, what it means to you, the sweet relief of knowing nothing comes for free. I think it's one of those lines that kind of turns something, this thing that could be construed as a negative or as, a, as something that you, like, that you had to fight for is actually something that, that carved out the most interesting parts of your psyche and your personality. I really like it because I think that a lot of us are always looking for some kind of shortcut to a lot of things. And I love what I, you know, what I took from that and, and in my own life was the, the relief of kind of recognizing like that's not the way it is, like that nothing comes for free and really accepting that and being okay with the work that I was going to have to do in my life to be the person I wanted to be. What lesson would you say has taken you the longest to learn in your life? Wow. 
wow, this is a really interesting interview. I've never had interviews like I've actually started seeing a therapist recently, and this is not dissimilar. Um, <laughs> what lessons have I learned? Don't be afraid of going to see a therapist. Maybe that's kind of an interesting. <laughs> that's not seeing a therapist isn't embedded in Irish culture as much as it is in American culture. It's it's something that you don't really uh, talk about as much over here. Um, but um, I'm finding it absolutely beautiful. I'm discovering so many aspects of myself which are really going to feed hopefully my next songs and I guess just being able to uh, have faith in your idiosyncrasies yep yeah have faith in 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 the things that make you different and make you shine that little bit more I think that's something I've learned to emphasize as well in my life as I've gotten a little bit older I heard you appear on a show where they were asking sort of your top tips for I, I think it was probably around creation and that was one of the big ones you said was find that thing about you that's unique and kind of blow it up like it, it's not blow it up like destroy it blow it up as in magnify it yeah totally I mean um, good example. My, my friend Dave is a, one of my best mates. We were in a band together for years. And when, when David Bowie died, he put up a post on Facebook and it just said, um, thank you, Bowie, for helping me to learn how to celebrate the strange. <laughs> and I just thought that was such a beautiful sentence. And, um, you know, it reminded me of, 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 of when we were 12, 13 and, and, and seeing Hunky Dory from start to finish. And, you know, just the strength that kind of stuff gives you is beautiful. Yeah. You like to read a lot. What are you What are you reading right now, or what have you read really recently that you thought was very profound? Um, I'm reading a book called uh, "Gay Lives from Wild to Al Moldavar. Um It's by Calm Talbine, the Irish author, and it's basically exploring um, all these different uh, writers and artists and filmmakers who were gay in different in different times of history and in different countries. And it's fascinating, uh, really, really interesting. There's, I'm on a chapter about an Irish man called Roger Casement, who um, ended up working for the British consulate. And he basically got given loads of awards for his work in Peru because he was discovering that the local population were being really badly treated. Um, and he got sort of further and further up in the, in the British consul and then, and then became more of an Irish Republican and ended up trying to help the uh, the Easter Rising in Ireland in 1916 by bringing um, German guns into Ireland. Um, and then he was caught by the British and hanged, basically. But they also found these diaries on him called the Black Diaries, in which uh, he's basically, basically talking about all these homosexual encounters that he had. But a lot of people think they might have been forged by the British government. It's a completely bizarre, interesting story. Right, yeah. Yeah, very, very, very kind of... Um, I think Daniel Day-Lewis should try and play him someday. That'll be pretty good. Is the mood in Ireland still very positive after the referendum where gay marriage was, you know, sort of legalized by the, the population themselves by voting directly on it? It is, yeah. Socially, it's amazing, you know. I mean, that was probably one of the most important times in my life because um, just walking around the city and seeing people wearing badges saying yes, you know, and knowing that these people have absolutely no problem with who you are and how, how at odds that is with, you know, 10 years previously when you're still a teenager or whatever and really not feeling that at all. It was, it's completely amazing. Um, 
it's just it was it was such a brilliant thing for everybody. I think it's 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 going to have ramifications, which you're just going to continue seeing for the next ten, twenty years. It's yeah, it's amazing. I've heard you in a couple interviews and also in that song Courage talk about connecting with something other than our ego. What does ego mean to you? I mean, that's one of those terms that gets used so many different ways. I'm curious for you what it sort of represents. It's not necessarily the kind of Freudian ego thing, like the id, or it's not necessarily being as specific as that. For me, it was more kind of using ego in a slightly weighted, uh, biased term in, in, in terms of it being something that you, you can get obsessed with quite easily, you know, um, perhaps more in a sort of celebrity culture way or in a, in a in, you know, in a slightly less kind of um, pure way than perhaps ego could be construed. Yeah, so for me, it's more like kind of opening up your horizons and being kind of uh, humble with how you see yourself. Yeah, for me, just being less focused on myself in general, being yeah. able to have a, a point of view that actually includes other humans. <laughs> yeah, or other types of humans. Or, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Connor, for taking the time to come on. Like I said, your records have been great sources of comfort to me over the last few years, and, and I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thanks for having me, Eric. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye, 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 bye. Okay, bye. You can learn more about Connor O'Brien and this podcast at oneufeed.net slash Connor.